Oh, that was at least worth a chuckle. <laughs> Betty, doing okay? You are, you know, we are getting through this together, aren't we? You know, and every week we're seeing more and more people show up in person where our online obviously is growing, uh, but we want to see more and more people here because we need each other. Whether it's online or actually in person, we're just glad you're with us, but we are seeing God do many things here. And as, as the service goes on today, I'm, uh, I'm hoping there's going to be a segment. I'm going to come down front and I'm going to believe God for healings and praying for people again today. And I'm excited about what God is going to do. Come on. He's doing, I mean, is he not always doing something? I mean, you know, that when I was growing up, my mom would look at me and say, what are you up to? <laughs> and I, I, you know, now I could say about 5'8", Mom. But back in the day, you know, she would always, have, moms always have a way, oh. But God is always, he's always at work. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Come on. We just sang about it. We need to give him more praise and more just exuberant. I mean, we need to be more happy about who Jesus is and what he's done and where we're going and where we're headed. We've been studying about it. Man, we need to be getting excited. I know it's kind of the talk at my house. We've been talking about, wow, what's heaven going to be like? All this kind of stuff. And we're looking into all of that right now. And so I'm glad you're with us. Let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining us today. It is just going to be a great day. We've been studying the book of Revelation. And uh, we're looking at all of these things that are going to happen and, and so, you know, the cool thing about this is we'll give you an opportunity today. If you're like, mm, you know, Brett, I'm not real sure about where I stand. We'll give you an opportunity for this day is over. You can know for sure where you stand. And that's what's really cool to know that you know that you know. And people say, well, can you explain that? Not really. I mean, not so it makes a whole lot of sense. But, you know, you, when you just know something, you just know. And you, I mean, so like deep down inside, you just know. And, and I, it's nice to have that peace to go, you know what, no matter how I think this is going to pan out, no matter if I'm wrong, right, or indifferent, I still know where I'm going. Come on. I mean, I know that Jesus is alive and well, and he reigns, and he lives, and he's living in me, and I'm going to proclaim him, and I'm going to shout it to every person that will hear it. I'm going to do everything that God can say. I'm going to do everything that he wants me to do and be who he wants me to be. Well, I'm wound for sound today, so I'm excited to go. We're talking about, are these the end times? And this is actually week, I think, nine. And uh, this one is talking about silence in heaven. And it's also talking about the seventh seal. Remember, we've opened six, and, and we're going to talk about that. But before we get started, I, I'm looking. Is it Taylor? Where's, where am I seeing? Yes, girl. Yes! Jamie, there's Jamie right behind. You know, I should be playing some Rocky Balboa music. It's what I should be. Eye of the Tiger, girl. I'm so glad you're here. You got me stoked. That is awesome. And uh, Taylor has just been doing, she's a great witness for Jesus, but God is, you know, she's been through a lot. And she is with us today and her mama and her family. And we just love you, sis. So if, you know, I'm going to pray for people and I'll be happy to pray for you, but it looks, God's already doing great stuff because you are here. She can get her swag on. Is that just guys to get your swag on or girls can? But anyway, and she's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> just talk, Brett. Just keep going. Keep the ball rolling, sir. So we're going to talk about the silence in heaven. We're going to talk about the seven seal. And we're going to start into the second wave of judgments with trumpets. There's a lot of stuff to cover, but let's ask God to be with us. Come on. Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing today, God. Help me to say what you need me to say so that it can get out to those that need to hear it and we can make adjustments accordingly. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right, so we know the scroll was handed to Jesus. We talked about, we've talked about the chair, and we've talked about the kingdom and the king. Uh, and we talked about that scroll being the title deed to the earth. And that is in his hand now. And he's opened six of those. Remember, six seals have been broken. He was the only one worthy to do that. And there was one to go. Let's look at Revelation 8.1. It says, when the lamb broke the seventh seal on the scroll, there was silence throughout heaven for about a half an hour. I mean, can you imagine 24-7 elders are saying, holy, holy, holy. In this scripture, when this seal is broken, it's quiet for 30 minutes. Have you ever experienced silence? Men, don't say anything. Just trying to help you. There are many takes on silence. It's interesting for sure. Some folks just stay busy because if they stay busy, they don't have time to hear the noise in their head, if you know what I'm saying. There's so many thoughts and so many bombardments and, and enemy thoughts, and some, some are good, some, you know what I'm saying, but if it's the enemy, it's not good. So they stay busy so their mind doesn't run because they're hearing there's a lot of noise out there. Some don't want or, or can't seem to change what their mind dwells on, so they don't want to... They just don't want to go there. So they would rather just say, let me focus on something because I can't stop if I focus on something else. You know, it's, it's amazing when we are even just talking about frequency in the room. You know there's all kinds of frequency in this room right now. You could turn into several, I don't know who, there you go, listen to that. <laughs> Many radio stations, you have to turn to a certain frequency to see what they're saying. Now, I'm just using that illustration because we need to turn into the frequency of God and we can start hearing what the Spirit says, what the Lord is saying to you. What, remember, when we, when we accept Jesus, our spirits connect. And so we can get on that same frequency by praying in other tongues, speaking and, and just exalting and praising Jesus, keeping our mind busy on good stuff like that. When I was growing up, Remember, there was a song called The Sound of Silence. You remember that? Hello, darkness, my old friend. I come to see you again. I don't know the words, so there. But anyway, you know, there's, so silence can have different sounds. It can have different meanings to other people. For me, you know what? I like quiet at times. I love the woods. One of the reasons I love going in the woods is because it's silent. Not silent that you can't hear anything, just different noise. I just like, I like to hear the na nature. I like to hear, you know, and, and everything just kind of. Whew. Some of you might say, Pastor, that's why I like fishing. I like fishing too, because out on the water, it's just kind of nice. You can just hear the cast and the plop of the bobber or whatever you're, or the reel. And, you know, I get it. Calmness, depending on how you view some silence. But there are different sounds in the city. Some people like the busyness and the sound of the city. You've seen the commercial where the people are out in nature and they can't sleep, so then they turn on their phone, car sounds and stuff, so they can go to sleep, because they're so used to it. Does anybody like, now I'll tell you what my family does. My kids do this too. Do you like to sleep with a fan? Does anybody else besides me? We're just used to it. If I, can you sleep without a fan? Yeah, I can. I can sleep pretty easily. I can sit in a chair in two or three minutes and do the meltdown. <laughs> My kids think that's funny. 
I don't think it's funny when I snort and go, sorry. <laughs> True statement. But, you know, at night, like when you go to bed, just in the wintertime, we don't have the fan blowing on us, but it's the sound. What would it be like to have a sound that brings peace and calmness? What would it be like to have those kind of things? I could be in a room full of a lot of people, but yet I can hear this beautiful lady say something, and I know that's her because I know that sound. And it brings comfort to me. What if we started listening to the sounds of God? But, you know, silence alone can make a powerful statement. Let me put it this way. You cannot say something but be saying a lot by not saying something. Ever fight with someone and you get the silent treatment? They're saying something. They're just not saying it to you. But they're talking very loud, maybe with their actions. But silence has many sounds. Some could be awe, humility, uh, scared speechless. You ever been like that? You ever had those dreams where you want to say Jesus' name in it, but you can't get it out? Jesus, Jesus. Okay, is it just me? Am I the only one that operates this way? You guys are looking at me like, I don't, I don't understand him. But I mean, I, we've all, I guess, maybe just me, but, but it gives us sometimes when we take a step back or we get silent, it gives us a chance to ponder, to think, to wait, to pause, maybe reconsider, maybe refocus. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes we just do things impetuously. You know, God is never out of time. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything out of time. He doesn't do anything wrong. And so if there's going to be 30 minutes of heaven, he planned it. He knows exactly what he's doing. I think some of us would do a lot better sometimes if maybe we understood silence a little more and we wouldn't have to get diagnosed with foot and mouth disease. Have you ever said anything you wish? Like, I really didn't think that through. I probably shouldn't have said that. I have, well, you've been here long enough. Yeah, never mind. Moving on. <laughs> if we thought before we spoke. Back to Revelation. I'm going to pull you back with me here. After the big thunderous praise from the stadium of people. Now, remember, remember those 144 we talked about, those powerful evangelists that went out. And we talked about them getting the mark, the seal of God now. And so we're going to kind of talk about some of that stuff here as we go on. But it goes quiet for 30 minutes. That's a lot of things to be quiet. Maybe the reasons that were stated before, maybe the awe or the honor, the respect. But last time I checked, God doesn't check with me and goes, hey, Brett, you know what? Before I do anything, can I get it approved through you first? Doesn't happen. And it's not going to happen uh, with you either. But you know what? His answer is always his word. His word is always true. His word is always life. His word is always the, the way that we should live. Proverbs 25, 2 says, It's God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. Now, I want to, I just, I mean, there's so much here. Wow. God wants you to seek him for your answers. So, in other words, it says it's his privilege to conceal things. Some things are hidden from you for you. In other words, you may not be ready for them yet, so, or, or he can't reveal it to you yet, thus the enemy would see it. I'm going to pull some things back. 
Because we need to understand that the enemy is an angel, a fallen angel. He is not omnipresent. He is not omniscient. He's not, he can't be everywhere at one time. He, can't, he is not all-knowing. God knows exactly what is, what's happening. Let's read some more scripture. We'll go back. Matthew 7, 7 through 11. says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? See, God doesn't hide things just to get you frustrated. He wants you to follow after him. He wants you to seek. It's interesting that ask, seek, and knock, the first letters of those spell ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Now, in this scripture, it says if you're asking for this, is he going to give you that? Now, I could say, but in my case, my mom sent me to school with Bronswagger. That's not right. (laughs) But there's no question of her love for me. Moving on. (laughs) I won't go completely into that, but... But if God, now listen, you've got to start asking yourself, why was not the corn? Now remember this, Jesus telling Peter, you go and you, you catch fish. You catch, and the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and there's going to be what? There's going to be coin in there. Go use it and pay for our taxes. His taxes, Peter's taxes. Now, you've got to start asking yourself questions like this. Why did, why did he tell Peter to go fishing? What did Peter know how to do? Fish. What did he do for a living? Fish. So something he could do, he very, he's very good at it. Oh, I can do that. But the coin, you got to start, okay, I don't, why wasn't the coin on the beach? I mean, have you found, I've found stuff on the floor, on the ground. I've asked the Lord one time, we were in Amish country, I asked the Lord, God, we, we didn't, we, Kim and I just got out of Dodge. You ever just like, Help me, Jesus. I just need to go somewhere different than this town and everything. You, how many don't go to Walmart because you don't want to see anybody you, you know? Liars! <laughs> so we were just getting out of Dodge. We didn't plan it. We didn't, I mean, we were just like, get the kids, put them in the car, and, you know, I don't know. We wanted the silence. And, of course, you got kids in a long trip in the car. You're not going to get that either. But we were at least getting away. We thought, oh, we're getting away. But we didn't think it through. We needed gas to get back home. And we were on limited funds. And my boys were hungry. They were always hungry. <laughs> and we get out of the car. And there's, there's people everywhere in Amish country. And, the, and this is, you know you're going to hear it. Zach, who was the drummer, he said, Daddy, I'm, yeah, Good. Happy for you. I look at Kim. She looks at me. And she's like, what are we going to? I don't know. You know, my mom would say, just think of food and you'll be fine. Just think of it. It's, think happy thoughts. All it takes is a little trust. And, never mind. So, we, and this is what, this true story. This is exactly, I'm telling you, this is how it happened. I just looked up to God. And you ever been just like, there's no pretty prayer. There's no like, Heavenly Father. I come to you now. Oh, you're so good. 
I'm like, God, my kids are hungry. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't, we got to get home. We, we, we don't have enough gas money to get home if I feed them. God, I, and in my mind, this is what I said. I just need 10 bucks. Can you not give me 10 bucks? That's not real pretty. I looked down at the ground, and in the ground from me to where Gibby's sitting is a $10 bill just laying on the blacktop. And people are walking, stepping on it, just walking by. My eyes caught that, and I was like, <gasps> And I went over, and I picked it up. I was like, yes. I should have asked for more. But we fed the kids on 10 bucks because we went into a restaurant, and they gave you all the bread you could eat, and we told them, eat up. And they gave you that free peanut butter, eat up. We needed one glass, six straws. <laughs> no. But anyway, what I'm saying is, God, he is he's amazing. He will supply. But some things aren't revealed. If that would have been there all day long, somebody would have picked it up. But when I asked for it, he put it there. That coin on the fish's, in the fish's mouth was there when it was supposed to be there because then if it isn't, somebody else will get it. The enemy knows what God is doing. He will try to intercept that plan. So it was in the first fish's mouth. Because what if it was in the 25th fish's mouth? Now, again, remember what I said an angel. The enemy is a fallen angel. He's going to look at that and go, why is Peter catching fish? And he keeps looking in their mouth. No, that's not there. He's going to be like, something's going on. Something's in the fish's mouth. You might think I am totally silly, but you need to hear the principle of what I'm telling you. God is going to show you things and he's going to put it there for when you need to see it. And when you need to see it, you need to get it and you need to act on it because you need to trust him that he put it there at the time that he put it there. As you follow God, others will find him because of you have walked it out. Paul said it this way, follow me as I follow Christ. But you've lived it. Remember the whole book of Revelation is about revealing Jesus Christ. So we are going to ask, seek, and knock. The, the disciples said, Jesus, I'm not real sure I'm catching while you're talking in parables. I'm, I'm trying to grab onto this. But they asked him why. And this is what his answer was. Look at Luke 8.10. He replied, you're permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. But I use parables to teach others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. You're like, okay, I don't get it. So what he's saying is, as king's kids, as, as people that as we're believers and we hear the Lord, he's going to reveal things to you that he's not going to reveal to everybody that doesn't follow him. So to speak, a membership perk. Just my take on that. I mean, because I, that is my heavenly father. He's going to take care of me according to his word. He provides for all my needs. I don't care how he does. He's going to do it, and whatever he does, it's going to be legal. So if you think God's going to do something under the table and illegal, it's okay that I do this because I don't have to report it. He's not going to do that. How's that? That's fun. But God's always going to do something above the law. You know why? Because it can be scrutinized and God will still come out on top. But we live in a society that we are just spoon-fed. But when we accept Jesus, we have made ourselves available from the king now remember that scripture it said it is god's privilege but it is as the king to find those answers do you know 
We work as in, just like here in America, there are rules, there are laws. And as a citizen, you have certain rights that are at your disposal as living in America. In the kingdom, you have rights in the kingdom because you serve the king. And because of that, you have rights to access what the king has for you. But we live in a society that sometimes work ethic is thrown out the window. Everything that we buy nowadays comes with a remote, doesn't it? Everything. Ceiling fans. TVs. Remember how many had a TV that didn't have a remote back in the day? How many children were the remote? And the remote wasn't shaped like it is with buttons. It looked like a pair of pliers that you turned to get the four channels that you could get in. When I counsel people, I give them homework. And so then when we schedule to meet for the next meeting, I'll, one of the first things I'll ask, hey, did you get your homework done? If their answer is, no, we didn't do that, I don't meet with them that day. Some people go, oh, why? Because you're wasting my time. If I gave you something to do and you didn't do it, there's no sense in me meeting today. Go back and do that, then we'll reschedule. You know what it makes them go? Oh, wow, this is a, okay, all right, yeah. And then they usually get on track with that and then everything goes, goes fine. We do have a part to play in this thing we call life. There are people who think they know it all. We've all met people like that. You've ever done anything, they've done it more, they've done it better. They also, there's people who get their info from a misguided source, and they are deceived. They, they are said one thing, they believe one thing, but if the, what they believe has been misguided or wrong, it could lead in a wrong way. And then, unfortunately, they defend a lie. We have to stay away from pride that puffs up, but knowledge with love and humility builds up. In other words, just knowledge of the word, humility in other words, I don't know everything. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm human, but thank God. Thank God his mercy and his grace. Come on. Thank God Jesus, he loves me enough to know that I'm not perfect. There are people that are going to get all upset when it comes to kingdom living or your take on the Bible. I mentioned things before. There's people that have been, church has been divided over things, whether well, it's juice or it's grape juice or prosperity. And some of it has been mis, it's been mistaught. And I get it, it's not been balanced. But you know, in America, there's churches that don't even need that kind of stuff. They have split over wall colors, carpet, for real. We pastored a church and they were upset. They had had fist fights during a business meeting. And they said, it's happened with every pastor before you. And I said, well, it's not gonna happen with me. So I put a microphone up front and I said, I'm recorded, so everything, if you have a complaint, you have to come up here, state your name, and the complaint, it shall be recorded. Nobody did. I'm not going to sit and battle about things that happened four years ago in May. What was the electric bill 25 years ago? Who cares? Again, society. This is the question that everybody's asking. We're talking about revelation. This is what everybody wants to know. Does the church go through the tribulation? That's what they want to know. As bad as all the things we're talking about that are coming, does it go through the tribulation? I'm going to tell you my take on it. Is that fair enough? I'm not saying I am the absolute. I'm just giving you my opinion. 
opinion. I say no. That is my belief. We either get out of here before this thing starts, which that's the best scenario. I mean, who doesn't like that? Or in the middle before it gets real, real bad. And there's ways to take on both of that. People are saying this and saying that, and I don't know, and I don't get this, and they go from this to that. But, you know, remember when people say, well, we're, we're out of there because of Noah and the flood. Remember how God saved Noah? There's only one man in his family that he liked. He saved the, everything else was terrible. You got to remember, before Noah got on that ship, it was terrible. I mean, it wasn't just like peaches and cream. Noah didn't go, oh, okay, and every, the world was great. And No, there were all kinds of stuff going on. So I think we are seeing some signs of, of stuff like that. But I, I believe that God isn't going to pour out his wrath on the church because back in chapter 3 when we started looking at this, he promised his church, I will also keep you from the hour of trial, Revelation 3.10. It also, and let me read you the New Living, New Living Translation. I'll read the whole thing. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. Plus, the word church is never used in the section dealing with the tribulation. So, I mean, I, just, I think we're going to get out of this. Now, I do think that there's going to be some things that, that are going to happen that are going to get not so good. But I don't believe the church as a whole, the people that are believers in Jesus Christ, are going to go through the whole tribulation. But I know there's people that are listening to me right now that are smarter than me, and they're going to disagree with me, and that's all good. But let's focus on this. We make it. Okay. I mean, no matter how you want to slide, at least we're going to get to where we're supposed to go. I don't think we'll have to go through that. I don't think Scripture proves that we would. But let's get back to what we're saying. The clock has ticked 30 minutes, and it's time to move on. And I've taken about 30 minutes to tell you my story. So here we go. Revelation 8.2. I saw seven angels who stand before God, and they were given seven trumpets. So we're going to talk about the seven trumpets in just a second. But look at verse 3. Eight. Three through four. Another angel with gold incense burner came and stood at the altar, and a great amount of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's people as an offering on the gold altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense mixed with the prayers of God's holy people ascended up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. So both the incense and the prayer go up to God together. Now I think it's easy in our minds, we can picture maybe campfire, or even if you've ever had incense, or, and you can picture smoke just gently flowing up you know, to the ceiling or to the sky. But the temple is laid out, and as far as the arrangement of that, uh, the golden altar of incense is located right uh, before the mercy seat. And so uh, the incense symbolizes prayer, it's sweet smelling, and it's rising up to God. So that's, I mean, I don't know how you picture prayer, but you know, we always picture when we pray, you know, that it's heading upward because heaven is upward. You know, if you're saying, I pray and it heads downward, watch that, all right? But I mean, just as an illustration, I, I had heard a pastor tell somebody, they just said, I don't believe God hears my prayers. I don't think they go anywhere. I think they just fall out of my mouth and fall flat. And so the exercise he gave them was he said, I want you to write your prayers down. And he, they wrote them down. He said, I want you to put them in this basket. And he attached the basket to a pulley on the ceiling. 
And so every day when this person had prayers, they would put them in the basket and they would literally pull the basket up to the ceiling. And now I know that sounds nuts and I'm not saying that made any difference, but in this person, they visually pictured their prayers not falling on the floor, but going up. I'm telling you that God hears every word you pray. Matter of fact, the Bible says he hears every word you say. I mean, every word. He, he, it's not like he, he, every, if you babble, he hears it. If you gossip, he hears it. It's not like he isn't, he's not deaf. He hears everything. We need to understand how powerful our words are. The Bible says life and death is in the mouth. So how do you picture prayer? Look what happens. Let's go to Revelation 8, 5. Then the angel filled the incense burner with fire, from the altar and threw it down upon the earth and thunder crashed, lightning flashed, and there was a terrible earthquake. What? This is better than Steven Spielberg. Just saying. They, they drift up to God so gently, they come down to earth so violently. Thunder, lightning, earthquake. See, we don't picture that. Sometimes we don't picture value in what we say. We don't picture what we say is actually doing any good. But I'm telling you, there's a mama and a family and people that have been praying and a young lady sitting right here that's, that's here to tell you there's value in what you say. Because there is life in what we say. And what is happening is our prayers mixed with you know, what God is wanting. And then you know, that's why I'm, you have the power to bind and to loose. You don't have to take all the crap from the enemy. You have the power to stop. You can do that Diana Ross thing and just, hey, you ain't coming here. You know, you just were like, I'm telling you, I'm not backing down. I'm not backing up. I'm not backing away. You need to stand up with a backbone from Jesus and say, this is it. We are done. You know, if, we, if you play with things that you're not supposed to play with that the enemy puts out there. You can't have authority over that. Prayers like, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Binding and loosing. Setting people free from demonic oppression. There is power in the blood. I'm saying it again, there is power in the blood. I was a speaker at youth camp, and, and God just hit that place. And kids were being slain in the spirit all over the place. Just bang, bang, bang. And some kids began, things were happening. You might be like, oh, Brett, don't talk about that. Just hang on. It'll be okay, because you know who wins, Jesus. And, and I was over in one area. I was, I was praying for some some students, and, and, and then somebody said, PB, PB, get over here, get over here. And so they're like, hurry. Yeah, I mean, and in my spirit, I just felt like the Lord said, just go over. So I did. I just went over, and I kind of did my John Wayne, you know. <laughs> Walked over. I didn't hurry. And they're like, get over here, get over here. And there was a, this kid was about 17 years old, tall, lanky kid. Red, reddish hair, and what he was doing and what he was saying was not human. And there like, and there are people that were free. And when I walked up there, now listen. Now let me preface this by saying, not because it's me, 
but because of the God in me. Are you getting that? So you need to hear that because this isn't about Brett being John, you know, well, I'm going to tell you, demon. No, I, it wasn't anything like that. It was just like the Lord just said, just, you don't have to hurry. You know why? Because I had the answer. You got the answer. You don't have to be nervous. I didn't have to rush over there because the enemy, I'm not on his timetable. I'm on God's timetable. And God said, just get over there. Don't, don't, don't rush. So I get over there, and I knelt down, and this thing contorted this guy's head, and he looked at me. And I'm, I'm just telling you, in, outside, fear was trying to go, you know, like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. But inside, this is where the scripture comes true. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Inside, God said, you just stand right there and stare right back at him. The Bible says the eyes are the window to the soul. And I looked at this kid and I said, what are you looking at? And that kid started to shake and I just said one thing. In the name of Jesus, come out of him. And that kid went, and hit the ground. And the next thing you know, he was relaxed. And these people all around are like, and there were students that were 13, 14, 15, 17, 18 going, it's true, it's true, the Bible is true. Yes, it's true. It is God. You know, if that's true, this is true. We had the rest of that week with that kid in his right mind. And, you know, he was in his right mind kind of before that. He really didn't act any different, but after that, he was different. Because I really didn't notice anything different until after that. Then he was just like, he was so much happier. He came up to me. You know, we were in line at the, you know, at the camp, and they, you know, they just serve you the food. You know, he came up, and he's like, hit me on the arm. He's like, man, how you doing? I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? He goes, I'm good. I'm like, awesome, dude. That is awesome. Jesus rocks. Power in what you say because of the authority behind who backs it up. Here comes the trumpets after the thunder. It's the second series of judgments. Remember, the seals were first, now the trumpets. Revelation 8, 6, and 9. Then the seven angels with seven trumpets prepared to blow their mighty blasts. The first angel blew his trumpet, and hail and fire mixed with blood were thrown down on the earth. One third of the earth was set on fire, one third of the trees were burned. And all the grass, all the green grass was burned. Then the second angel blew his trumpet, and a great mountain of fire was thrown into the sea. One third of the water in the sea became blood. One third of all the living things in the sea died, and one third of all the ships on the sea were destroyed. Look at verse 10 of Revelation chapter 8. Then the third angel blew his trumpet, and the great star, a great star fell from the sky, burning like a torch. It fell on one third of the rivers and on the springs of the water. Some say meteorites. Some, they say, well, this could have been volcanoes spitting out stuff because of the earthquakes and all that. Some say nuclear war. Uh, but you got to remember now, this is John describing all this. And he didn't have all of the technology we have and all of what, you know, now and all that stuff. But it kind of matches up kind of with the nuclear stuff. In the 50s, they tried some nuclear stuff and it rained fire and hail. And it, so it kind of looked like a nuclear fallout. And I, you know, I don't know. But. Revelation 8, 11 through 13, the name of the star was bitterness. Your Bible might say, or wormwood. Uh, it made one-third of the water bitter, and many people died from drinking the bitter water. Then the fourth angel blew his trumpet, and one-third of the sun was struck 
and one-third of the moon, and one-third of the stars, and they became dark, and one-third of the day was dark, and also one-third of the night. Then I looked, and I heard a single eagle crying loudly as it flew through the air, terror, terror, terror to all who belong to this world because of what will happen when the last three angels blow their trumpets. Now, one version says, whoa, whoa, instead of terror, but you, you just need to understand what is going on? Why so many warnings? Why not just be done with it? Hebrews 12, 27, this means all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. In other words, those that are standing with God at this time shall remain. Other things will be let go. I'm, I'm telling you, in Peter, he says that none should perish. He is long-suffering. He wants nobody to be lost. He is trying again and again at the last you know, round. Please accept or you know, there's, the outcome is not good. Now we have four more trumpets to be blown. We've, we've, I mean, and we're already seeing this terrible judgment. I wish I could say something really funny right now that would brighten your spirits but i'm going to ask him to put on some altar music i'm going to i want you just to to look at me and listen to my heart i cannot change anything even if i didn't like it i didn't want to believe it it doesn't change the fact that it's all true he's trying to tell you what's coming now if you're a parent in the building you've always tried to tell your kids you know i want you please do this, don't do this, that kind of thing. Because you know the outcome. The beauty of all I can say is I can say anything, you don't have to endure that. Because I don't believe we'll be here for that. So I have to ask you, are you ready? I don't know. I mean, he could come now. There is enough, there's nothing that's really in that I can see that would stop him from coming, prophetically or whatever. I mean, I, it's just God's timetable. But you need to understand something. So let me just take a second. Can I, can I just try to make it as simple as I can? Why, bread, is this so important? Now, remember we talked about the God uh, putting his seal on people. Because remember, there's two sides. And if you don't choose, you choose by not choosing. You remember when God gave Adam charge of the garden, and then Adam gave the authority to the enemy. Jesus was put in place to take the authority back. That is why this is important for you to understand. When we give our hearts to Jesus, it is not, it doesn't happen by osmosis. It doesn't matter if you're, well, I, I'm okay because my dad was saved. My dad was saved before me, but I still wasn't okay. My mom was saved before me. I still wasn't okay. My sister was saved before me. Matter of fact, she led me to Jesus. Still wasn't okay. I have to make this choice myself. And here's the reason. Because everybody has a free will. So remember last week I talked about Woody's boot? And he had Andy written on his boot because he was Andy's property? That's why you have to make the choice because you literally take the authority of the one and bring in the authority of the other. 
That's why there's binding and loosing. That's why the kingdom is so important. Because then we choose to break the hold of the enemy that he's had. Well, Brett, I'm a good person. I get it. There are a lot of good people. But the Bible says in John 14, 6, there is only one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. So hear me well. You can't get there any other way. That is it. And if I didn't tell you that, if you well, I could go by Muhammad, I could go by Christian, I could go by something else, I could go by oh, there's other cults that believe, you know, things or whatever. I can't stop you. But I can go by this book and I can tell you, if it doesn't go by this book, you can go to the grave of Muhammad and Krishna. You can go all the you'll still find them. But you can go to the grave of my Jesus and he's not there. He is risen, just as he said. And why? So that he could take that mark from the enemy off of you. Why does the enemy want to put a mark on you during all this time? Think about it. Because once you take that mark, it can't be removed. God is doing everything to say, I, those that are left, I'll mark them for me. But you can be marked in the spirit right now, so to speak, by the kingdom of God, by accepting Jesus. I hope that isn't weirding you out, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. What he is saying is, he said, I will no longer by tablets of stone. Remember the Ten Commandments. Those were awesome, and we should live by those. Still do, to this day, we should. But he says, I will mark, I will write them on their heart. In other words, I could, I could scare my kids into doing a lot of things, you know, by discipline. Whoa. You will do this, or I will beat you. You know, I don't do that. I don't beat my children. But you know what I'm saying? It would give the wrong impression. But when, I, when God puts it on our heart, that's why Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. It's just part of who you are. Now your whole mindset changes. Old things pass away. All things become new. So now I have a mindset that's different. One more thing. When you accept Christ... The enemy tells you things like this. Nothing happened. You don't feel any different. You're the same as you were. Can I say this? And you need to listen to what I'm saying. If nothing happened, he wouldn't be telling you that. Now, Kim and I were saved before we met each other. And when we got married, you know, we weren't watching anything bad, but as we grew in the Lord together and as we did things that God wanted us to do, some of the things that, you know, you just, do you, do you know when you, you get with someone, you kind of bring your own baggage in? You know, how many things you used to do or things you used to watch, and hey, this is really cool. Hey, watch this. Then we would watch it six months later and be like, I don't even like this anymore. I mean, what, we used to think this was funny or we used to... And the reason is, is because we're changing. We are becoming more and more in the taste of God. And we want more of the things he wants. So the things that we thought we liked, we don't like them as much. Does that make sense? 
So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Those that are online, wherever you're at, just bow your head wherever you're at. If that's you and you're saying, PB, Pastor, I want Jesus without any mistake. I am not perfect. And that doesn't mean you have to be perfect from here on out, but it means that your heart is going to link with God's heart. Your spirits were going to link together. And if that's you, I don't want you to be ashamed. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to put your hand up and put it right back down. 